Hello, Hi. I'm Tony and I'm Natalie and, and we, we are, are the Lazy Book Lovers podcast. <laughs> it's like Lazy Book Lovers. We got it. It's, they know it's, it's a podcast, they here. Yeah, it's close yeah. enough. Check that out. <laughs> Coordinated professionalism at we, its we've best. We've got an intro. <laughs> Let's see oh, how many I'm times. I'm allowed to clap for <laughs> Let's see how many times we get that right though. <laughs> that, this even... would be the only week it gets right. <laughs> to, to be honest, we didn't even get it right. We've just restarted the recording. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I panicked and said the wrong thing. So, <laughs> oh, hi. Hello. How so, are you all? Yeah. Hope you're having a nice March. Oh, yeah. March. Mm. Ugh. Is it February over yet? <laughs> <laughs> hi, future me. How you doing? Hi, March, Natalie. Are you getting any sleep? <laughs> <laughs> How's work going? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Is it still busy, busy? <laughs> we thought today might be fun to share some recommendations for Women's History Month, which is this month. March. <laughs> of, yeah, March. <laughs> this month that you're listening this, to it. The month in the timeline. Yeah. So I just picked a few. I didn't do a great deal of research, if I'm honest. Because that is our brand. Yeah. <laughs> I picked some non-fiction I've read and some non-fiction I want to read and then some mm-hmm. fiction I've read and some fiction I want to read and I just think they'll all be good they're not necessarily all historical books but they are all by female authors which is all we care about at the end of the day yep. be prepared for some feminist rants I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> let's do this and starting off strong with the feminist rant <laughs> my first non-fiction recommendation which I have spoken about on the podcast previously is Know My Name by Chanel Miller. And because I have a rubbish memory, Mm -hmm. refresh me. So she was known as Emily Jo and she was the one that Brock Turner was caught in the act with. Mm Yes, thank you. Okay. I really wanted to read that and then completely forgot. Yeah, in 2019 (laughs) she decided she was not going to be uh, anonymous anymore Mm -hmm. and she wrote her memoir basically of what happened yeah as she deserves because it all got the narrative was all about him yeah yeah as always i think see previous episode for my rant about that the thing that always gets me is his dad saying his life shouldn't be ruined by 15 minutes of action and you just in that i know that he was not brought up correctly it was just the newspapers where they were they were talking about his swimming medals Mm. but not her and how much she had drunk like that has yeah. anything to do with anything or that she'd called her boyfriend mm-hmm. and that meant she wants to be assaulted in the dirt because she left her boyfriend a sexy voicemail yeah uh, which meant that she yeah i just remember when she was still anonymous her court statement got released mm. and i shared it on facebook and it brought all sorts of ugly people out the woodwork oh it's nice to do that every now and then and clear mm. them out isn't it yeah, I mean, I've stopped arguing with strangers on Facebook because I also think that's a place you're not going to achieve anything. No. But, I mean, there's a the whole argument that you shouldn't only interact with people from your, like, peer group who should branch out. But I'm no. sorry if oh. you have racist, homophobic, sexist views. I don't need to hear your opinions. On Facebook, I... Well, on all of my socials, actually, I try and curate a positive space. Mm. I don't want to go on there and feel stressed about what I'm going to see. For that reason, I have 
particular family members yep. or a fused to friend yep. and everything. Me too. Yeah. And I, I went through the coward route of unfollowing, so they didn't mm. appear on my feed, but I don't have to un- unfriend them. I went right out and unfriended them all. If I you just feel comfortable, <laughs> yeah, I just got to a point where I was like, if you feel comfortable commenting on my post with anything that is sexist or racist, it was actually fuck off or um, homophobic. Just fuck off. There was. It was a bunch of people from my school. It was a news article that was about people dying trying to cross the channel mm. where they've made it so hard to get over by legal means and like these are, these are it's human beings dying like never mind any other political viewpoints you might have about immigration which is no. <clears throat> tied heavily in racism but so it was, it was just an article about people that had died yeah and this person shared it without many thoughts attached to it but clearly in a negative light. Yeah. And then there was a comment thread of people who I thought were good, decent people. And one very good, decent person had written, are oh, rats drowning in the ocean. Drown them like rats. Something How like that. How can you feel like that towards another human being that has never wronged you or anything? I mean, I can understand, like, if someone had ever, like, murdered my child, I can understand <laughs> wanting to drown them. But, yeah. you know, like, I just... Strangers. And then he... Uh, and then so that literally was... are just trying to have a life, a better life. Not if, It's not even, like, a better life. Perhaps in some cases they just literally want a life in which they're not Well, they've threatened. been told life is better here. Yeah. Because of colonialism. So they, and, But then I got into an oh, argument with this person because, like, you were a Christian. Like... How dare you? Like... From a moral standpoint, how can you go behind this? And because these were people who were, because of their skin colour, he presumed their religion. And he was like, you know, look at what Islam has done compared to Christianity. And I was like, hold up. Do you want, how far back are you going in your potential history of Christianity? Hold up. So then I, I listed, I found, I found a list and copied and pasted it. Like a list of things that Christianity, people, Christian people have done. And then, I was like, you know what, I'm done. That was the point where I was like, I tap out. The thing is as well, okay, colour me ignorant because I do not follow religion. I do not subscribe to it as a a thing. I don't believe anyone should follow it. I understand if you get something out of it, but the whole concept is fucking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And how dare churches not pay taxes. Like the Vatican could literally end world hunger. Anyway... I've um, been to the Vatican. Have I ever told you that? No. That's the tangent. Did you want to spit on everything? Was everything laid on with gold? Opulent is yeah. the word I would use. Disgusting. Anyway. There's literally people starving in a world. Not even, like, third countries. There's literally people starving in the UK. Mm-hmm. Putting aside all of that, how can you call yourself a Christian if you do not care for other people? Yeah. I just... I that, that is my understanding of what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be about love and charity and... Love thy neighbour, whether but they're a Christian that look or like not. <laughs> that look like you and have the same beliefs as you. Anyway, we're, we're tangenting. We're only one book in. No, um, my name <laughs> by Chanel Miller is yep. fantastic. She is actually a creative writer, so I look forward to seeing what mm. she writes in the future. And it was just really eye-opening to how disgusting the justice system is in America. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it is. I know it's disgusting here as well. But this really opened my eyes. There's like comments of like, when she goes to court, she's not told anyone that she's Emily died. Yeah. Like no one, she, it's literally only like one person knows mm. and then her parents and she only tells yeah. them because she kind of has to. 
and blah 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 and then when she goes to court there's like a comment of he's got loads of people on his side so it makes it makes the jurors mm. care about him more because he mm. looks more loved and it's like what yeah just it's just that the manipulation of the jury is fascinating because it, it's a big part of american justice system yeah it's and just how like, lawyers can emo- emotionally uh, manipulate their jurors yeah and like i do believe in the idea of a jury it shouldn't fall mm. down to one judge because they can all be very well one person just can't be right no. all the time no and like you know if you get an old racist judge <laughs> you're yeah. fucked like yeah. it's just yeah but at the same time they're all human beings and it's very easy to get out of cases mm. you can just be like yeah i'm a racist and they can just mm. if you don't want to be involved in the case yeah. or whatever and like the media manipulates the jury leading up to court cases and yeah. stuff and it's just like i can't remember what the phrase is that they say it's like trial by media i yeah. think is the phrase yeah and it's just ridiculous she's such a strong eloquent beautiful I mean, person her court statement like literally made me cry that is at the back of the book yeah. and uh, no no her statement that she released to buzzfeed when she was still anonymous maybe that's what i mean which but... is that's the one that went out to everyone okay. and that's at the back of the book and rereading well, it she talks about sleeping with a bicycle above her bed yeah i, I like, absolutely oh, bored because um, of the men that rescued her something he was caught in the act i don't i don't know what there was to debate mm. literally caught doing it yeah had to be ripped off of her by two exactly. foreign students <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Oh, one book in. It's out, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was never going to go away for long. In fact, you can get longer, even in this country, for drug charges than you can rape. It's just will never not infuriate me. It says a lot about you can get longer for tax avoidance. Like, not that anyone ever gets bloody Mm. prosecuted of that, but yeah. So the next one, obviously the non-fiction section is probably going to make us all quite angry, but I think they're yeah, good. Okay. Another one that I've discussed before, Invisible Women, Data Bias in a World Designed by Men, mm-hmm. by Caroline Criado Perez. Apologies if I pronounced that wrong. Um, I have gone into depth for this yeah. before, but this is like our data collection in the history of the entire world is at the detriment to women mm. and people of colour. Especially when it comes to, like, medical diagnoses, because mm-hmm. all symptoms are written for men. So mm-hmm. things like stroke and heart disease uh, and heart attacks present very differently in women, so they're yep. not caught. And... You're not taught how to detect your heart attack as a woman, and there's no. completely different symptoms. Mm-hmm. It will feel like heartburn. Yeah. It will feel like intense heartburn. You don't get the numb left arm. No. You don't necessarily get, like, where it... Like, I mean, strokes is slurred speech, but you still get differences in speech and that you would just get severe heartburn Mm -hmm. is the big difference and how things like seatbelts are made for men Mm -hmm. which is women are more likely to be injured in car accidents and uh it goes into a great deal of detail so there's things like in i think it's like a village in india they still cooked around like a fire inside the Mm. house and obviously they were the un or whatever was trying to cut down on the smoke inhalation that was making people ill and yeah. basically killing them which was uh, affecting women because yeah. the women do all of the housework and the cooking in those kind of cultures mm. they as a trial sent out stoves to all these houses yeah. to try and see if it would help and if it worked they would have rolled uh, tried mm. to find the funds to roll it out across more more towns or villages in india and they found that the women all went back to using the campfires and so like the the main finding of it was they don't want it but actually, it wasn't that. It was that in order to make these stoves work, they needed wood cut. 
and in order to make have the wood they had to go out themselves which meant they weren't at home to take yeah. care of their children or to get the cooking mm-hmm. done and the men won't pay for them and they were expecting the men to provide it but the men aren't going to do that because no, they don't want to spend their money on, on yeah so it's all things like that how even on the rare occasions when stuff has been steps have been taken yeah it just gets written off because no one thinks from a woman's point of view and it's stuff like how public services like buses and stuff mm. like that they don't suit the people that use it which are majority women yeah they don't make it easier for women to get to the school run then get to work or go to what? um go and be a carer because of all the unpaid work women do the buses here in our town you can only have two prams in them at a time what yeah during the school run who does, that, who does that help yeah and then if there's not enough room for a pram, there's literally... Do they just drive off and leave the mother on the side of the road? Yeah. And she's got to wait for the next one. And when hope were, there's space. When they were frequent, was fine, but now they're very infrequent. Yeah. Where the services have been cut down around here, I do used to feel, like, extremely, like, I'm helpless in that situation. Yeah, but angry about but, it on their behalf. Yeah. And so there's things, like, where there's, like these slum buildings in brazil and they came in and wanted to you know some do-gooders mm-hmm. like they wanted to do well they wanted to help so it's then really they of life. Yeah, yeah so then they moved everyone from these slums to like these houses like a little suburbia type thing who's gonna heat them who's gonna clean them and the thing is these women all relied on one another for childcare mm. because they would all also have elderly relatives to look after yeah. and then once they no longer lived next door to mm. other women to help them it takes a village to raise a child yeah. etc they were then stuck in their house all the time and couldn't do their... We, well, we um, talked about that, that, um, that whole, like, generational... Ah, uh, it was a concept, I think it was, like, generational poverty or... Yeah. That whole thing of, like, the loss of the village. <laughs> the, yeah. the community women used to have with each other. Mm-hmm. And now it's just a woman by herself coping alone with a baby. And, and we're that not is now meant, the norm. We're not made for that. No. As someone who has a child and who luckily had a village almost to help yeah. me... Even I struggled. Yeah. We are not made for that at all. So, yeah, it's all about how the world fails to take into account women and people of colour, but it's mostly based around women, obviously. Did um, you... I um, watched this TikTok about in America, the leading cause of suicide for women at the moment is in the nine months postpartum. Because they're not getting that aftercare mm. they need. Mm-hmm. And because in America, they have to go straight back to work because they don't they, have maternity. Four to six weeks, which is ridiculous ridiculous absolutely ridiculous when i had uh, my son i had an emergency cesarean which meant i was not meant to do any form of exercise mm. beyond picking up my child for six weeks alone yeah imagine you, but you had to go back to work but that's a bit of an unusual experience in the uk yeah um that was because i wasn't on maternity yeah. and my partner was self-employed so we were like in a bit of a yeah so the fact that these women have to go back to work so quickly, not just because they can't afford to mm. be at home, but because they could potentially lose their job. Yeah, there's no protections to them. And they're still, like, pumping at work and all of this. It's not just, just that. So I saw this TikTok that was... But it was about, like, the whole concept, you know, the, the pandemic babies? Yeah. They were like, this is just because Americans are at home with their children. Yeah. So it's actually just normal developmental stages. So that the whole pandemic baby thing was a very American-centric experience. Mm. And I didn't really clock it until someone explained, like, because they're home. Yeah. Because people, mothers, mothers are working from home, so yeah. they're able to hold their kids and, yeah, you know. 
So there's like a little anecdote. I think it's Toy Story 2 mm. got accidentally deleted. Yeah, and, and then, then a work from home mum had it on her computer as a backup. Yeah. And that would not have happened if she wasn't working on her. So there we go. The next one is My Life on the Road by Gloria Steinem. So Gloria Steinem is a activist, organiser, mm. writer. She's a she's a everythinker. She is awesome. Yeah. Um she's got a few books, but this is the only one I've read. And it's about how her childhood was very what is the word I'm looking for? Unconformist. Okay. So like her dad was always moving them around, mm. so she didn't really stay in one place too long and blah blah blah. And that it's just about how that's like shaped her life and as she became an adult that carried on so she just wanted to speak to people and learn from people and it's yeah. basically like the start of how she became such a big political activist yeah. and it's really interesting because she is quite a well-known name if you're if you're really into like politics particularly in america mm-hmm. yeah so i would definitely recommend that she has got some other books but that's the only one i've read and it's just interesting to see how other people's lives mm. how other people live their lives really i'd love to um if there was like a ever a biography of AOC I think that'd be really interesting because she is just fascinates me yeah like everything she does on social media is just slam dunk I'm like yes you're so cool yeah she's just so cool that's all I can say that some people still can't see that just she's just so cool yeah like I wish we had an equivalent in UK politics no, we've got the complete opposite mm. of um, what's her name that just wants to deport everyone, including their own yes. family. Um, Pretty Patel. That's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've got the opposite. Yeah. We don't want the opposite. <laughs> oh, there's that Scottish. Oh, I can't remember the party she's for. Obviously, not the Tories. She's Scottish. She's blonde. She always wears her hair in a low pony. She's gay, so she's in the queer community oh. as well. And she's quite young. Oh, she's in her twenties, and she's not from Eton private education background. I and I'm very sorry I don't remember her name, but she's the only Scotland. example we've got. Like Scotland's politics trumps ours, and I mm. always just wish I could move as well. there. Yeah, Wales is a bit better, a lot better than us, especially mm. how they've handled Rona. <clears throat> anyway. This is a graphic novel, The Complete Persepolis. Yeah, I always have to. I always have to check how to read it, and that's by I think her name. I did check how to pronounce it, but I think it's Marjane Satrapi but apologies if that's wrong. So you can get it, it's like two volume graphic novel and you can get it as a complete collection. I've got the complete collection. If you want to borrow it, you're more than welcome. I also have... uh, I've got so much reading. (laughs) I also have my life on the road if you want to borrow that. (laughs) And this follows her life in Islam throughout like the revolution and stuff. It starts in, I'm going to say like maybe the late 80s. Okay. And it's obviously their their country becomes war ravaged mm. and then she moves to so America Islam isn't a place it's a religion does it say Islam the Islamic revolu- revolution is oh, gotcha. when it, so she's actually in Tehran Tehran there we go yeah all about like her life and how it shaped her life and her mm. family's life and friends of the family it's really crazy like there's bits where all, all the young boys are sent to war like 14 mm. year old boys and mm. stuff and how suddenly at school she has to like cover her hair mm. and all of these m- all of these like morals are suddenly being taught that they have to uphold because mm. they're females and yeah and it's all about her sort of coming to terms with life and sexuality and yeah oh i saw it's a total tangent but it's related in my head mm. so malala's on tiktok that's the activist who she was 
shot in the head by the Taliban. <gasps> yeah, yeah, And she's, yeah, yeah. like, been awarded lots oh, yeah, of awards I, um, Yeah, stuff. yeah. Who is she? She recently oh. got married. Ah. But they did, you know but that? I still feel like she's, like, eight years old. No, she's, like, <laughs> I think she's late 20s, 30s. Oh, my gosh. She just did her master's or something, so she maybe she's mid-20s. Yeah, like, yeah. Around my age, maybe. She just got married. You know that trend that was going on about, like, so it was, like, where you came from and where you are now? Yeah. It was done as though her husband had put this TikTok together. But it was, like the articles and the news stories about her being mm. shot and all that kind of stuff and like the pictures of her in recovery and all that kind of thing mm. and then he like faded through to now where she's married and doing her degree Aww. and like she's a very clever person and it was like the two and from like and he was like I'm so proud of you and I was like oh so cute they're on TikTok I and they do, I should they have do, put do, her book on here they do Q&As on TikTok oh, I love to have a husband look. where does she live now? I'm sure she's UK based. Mm. I'm sure she is. I can't remember where mm. in the UK. Somewhere safe, I hope. But they do like Q and A's about their lives, and then oh. you quote Q and A's about their religion as well. Oh, that's about cool. her life, and you know. Oh, I like that. Yeah. They like can judgment free kind of question and answer kind of thing. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool. That sounds very cool. So this is a book that I have. It's by Sam Mags, and it's illustrated Sophia Foster Dimino. Sorry, it's wrong. This is Wonder Women, 25 inventors, in, innovators, I can't. Innovators. Thank you. <laughs> and trailblazers who changed history. It's broken down. It's like science, medicine, engineering, or mm. something like that. Uh, and it's really cute. They just have a short story about each of them, beautifully illustrated. It just gives you a little thing about their life. It's really cool. Like, I learned so much about it, and I'm looking forward to reading it to my son when he's a bit older, because it's, like, short and bite-sized, so... I think he'll enjoy it. I think it's a good place to just start if you just want to mm. look up some women that you might want to learn about more. Yeah. Yeah. I know, because there's always all these people in history that you just don't get taught about. and Like the lady that did the code for NASA. <sighs> they wrote a code by hand. You know the one she stood next to that pile of papers? Mm, yeah. That's like as tall as her. Yeah. And, or obviously um, the people that's from the Hidden Figures film. Yeah, that's on my list that actually history. of a book I want to read. Yeah. So the last non-fiction I have read is Becoming by Michelle Obama. It's just oh, that fabulous. Was, yeah, there was a one of the lists I didn't get to when we did a Black History Month yeah. episode. Because that was like a... I did the British books because we are British. Yeah. But there was, there was a list for the American books. Yeah. It's so good. It's narrated by her, so I mm. strongly recommend the audiobook. I didn't know much about her or Barack mm. really at all. I just knew that they were president, that he was a president that mm. I was on board with and... To, they shouldn't have the silly rule that you can only get voted in twice because he should have been voted in again. But, um, yeah, just, it was so good. Like, she goes through, like, for her childhood to, obviously, current day. Mm. And it's just things that I would have never considered, obviously. But she talks about how when she was at college or at school and she was, like, the only person of colour. Mm. And it's just all these things that I would obviously never have considered how hard mm. that would be and stuff like that. Just to see no one in your peer group that looks like you must mm. be really hard. Yeah, and she's so intelligent. Like, yeah. the amount of education she has. She was a lawyer when she met Barack. And, mm. like... Whenever he gets asked questions about her, like, Barack absolutely just stands her and has nothing but pride. See, yeah. Like, and she was talking about how Trump... Mm. 
he like when he was coming up with all of this stuff about how Brack's not even born in yeah. America, blah, blah blah blah. She said that like because of Trump, like her children had death threats. Like yeah. her children well, had the, death threats. The way threats. the media reports on mm. her kids like going to parties and stuff, like they're bloody children, leave yeah. them alone. Well, they're not children anymore, but at the time, no. yeah. And she, then she was she's saying a that, like, student. of course she's in a party. Like what? On the day that they have to show the new president mm. around there and she said standing there next to the man that put her children's lives at risk yeah. and stuff and I was just like oh, such they're, a strong woman they're the classiness that's the only one I've got for oh. it of them just being able to just turn the other just turn the other cheek is essentially what it is and how for the country how the well country they handled barely that barely even gave them any like the fact that they voted in Trump after I mean I don't know if you've ever seen that thing of oh correction in the other direction Barack yeah. said his re- he was like, I'm so upset that we were just too forward thinking that mm. the country had to go so far back. And mm. I can imagine that must have been heartbreaking for him. <laughs> so strongly recommend that because as a woman in her own right, besides being the first lady, yeah. she is stunning. Mm. Absolutely stunning. There's three non-fiction that I would like to read. So we'll start with Hidden Figures. Because that's a film as well. I yeah. don't know. Have you seen the film? Yes, I, love I haven't the film. seen it. The acting in that is just oh. oh. So that's by Margot Lee Shetterly. So you can probably explain what it's about better, but it's like all of the black women that were involved in NASA, right? And they would have like helped put them on the moon or whatever. So is they that right? used to refer to like the people who did computational equations. Mm. They used to refer to them as computers, which is where the word must come from. Oh. So like, so in the movie anyway, she's just kind of obviously they're not well respected. Mm. The main character, she basically gets handed redacted documents quite a lot. And she, in the film, she figures out a, like how to solve a problem by holding the redacted things up to the light and basically reading oh, under the black yeah. Because like, they won't let her help. And mm. she's like, I know I know the answer. I just yeah, need more information. Need he- yeah, you need to give me the information for it. So she ends up getting heavily involved in like the moon landing. Essentially, the space race would not have happened if it hadn't been, if it hadn't been for yeah. her. She figured out the equations. She mm. It was her. Like, and she was kind of written out of history. Yeah, of course, yeah. Even though she was, like, basically, to the point where she was so well respected that in... This is a story that, like, basically Neil Armstrong found out she wasn't in the launch room mm. and refused to do anything until she was. So he was like, why is that lady not there? She's, yeah, the, she's one, the one that's she's the one that did the trajectory. It's like, why is she not there? So he, they actually had to delay the launch for, for her, to her to come. Yeah. I think that's in the film. It's probably dramatised for the film, I reckon. But, but that is knows. true history, though. Yeah, so this says, the number one New York Times bestseller, set amid the civil rights movement, the never-before-told true story of NASA's African-American female mathematicians mm-hmm. who played a crucial role in America's space programme. Before Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, a group of professionals worked as human computers calculating the flight paths that would enable these historic achievements. So it was all done by, like... I can't even imagine this now because it's all done by computers. But back then, it's literally done by people's brains. Yeah. Like, their maths. But it does also cover, like, the women who ran... So when the IBM machines became, like, standard, they kind of saw the future coming, and it's Octavia Spencer, her character, who was like, okay, ladies... 
we're about to be replaced by machines, so mm. we're going to learn how to operate the machines. And then they get these machines in, and none of the white counterparts know how to work the machines. So she like walks in and just does it and gets it working, and then they wouldn't let her touch it. Mm. But then she does it secretly. She sneaks in and does it, and it prints out a bunch of stuff. And they were like, "It's working! Who did this?" And then they found out it was her, and she's like in deep trouble. And but she's like, "But none of you can work yeah. it." And then it ends with her entire team running these machines that were about to replace them as computers. Did you know that coding? traditionally is a female yeah. area it's only recently it's that it started being yeah. pushed as a male zone yeah. like traditionally all of the coding in mm-hmm. our history that has achieved any sort of success was done by women mm-hmm. have you seen that imitation game i think it's called or imitation with benedict cumberbatch yeah. and kira yeah. knightley so obviously that is about because of her mm-hmm. the British soldiers were able to... To crack the Enigma code, yeah. Yeah, and that even that film glosses over her a little bit to make yeah. it about him. Yeah. But in real life, it was all her. Mm. So, yeah, originally women were the coders of the world. So there we go. Okay, the next one is Bad Feminist by Roxane Gay. <laughs> so this is like a collection of essays about her evolution as a woman basically and like Mm. about feminism today yeah the little caption for it is pink is my favorite color i used to say my favorite color was black to be cool but it's pink all shades of pink if i have an accessory it's probably pink i read vogue and i'm not doing it ironically that it may seem that way i once live tweeted the september issue and yeah it's just about how i think it's about how she has come to terms with embracing her femininity Mm. because as most females be a strong woman is to deny your femininity. Yeah. So most people like I've always hated the colour pink. Always. Same. And recently and now I love it. I've started to like it. And so I was she like, like rose gold. That's yeah. I used to and refuse, I was like, like you refuse to buy rose gold things and now everything in this room is <laughs> And I was like, why do I hate pink? And I've actually painted my hallway with pink in it now. Mm. And I was like, Oh, I don't hate pink. Yeah. Some shades I still don't like. Uh, I don't like I don't like a fuchsia. Super bright and, like, yeah. pink, but... but yeah, like the millennial pink. Mm. I actually quite like it, and the reason I've always hated it is because... You know what? A really good example of this, if you watched any videos under the title of that song that was, I am woman, I am sexy, I'm Those were just like, that is, to me, feminism embracing femininity. Yeah, yeah. But the strength of it... Yeah, exactly, definitely. Which is like the difference, they call it fourth wave feminism, kind of now, basically Mm. that's the term for it. And, like, people like J.K. Rowling are in a very 90s version of feminism, which was revolutionary at its time. But was also very... What's the word I'm looking for? Not very inclusive. Not very inclusive. It's a very narrow definition of womanhood. Yeah. That's the best way I can put it. Yeah, definitely. And the last one that I would quite like to read is called We Are Not Born Submissive, How Patriarchy Shapes Women's Lives by Manon Garcia. And this is about the role that women play in the perpetuation of the patriarchy it despite often media saying that we should be independent Mm. and outspoken but when we are that the patriarchy doesn't want us to be that bossy assertive so it's an exploration of female submission throughout life basically throughout history which i think would be quite interesting yeah i always got called bossy when i was a kid yeah but if you were a boy you would have been assertive or Mm. a, a future leader leader yeah some fiction that I just think everyone should pick up. I yep. probably won't go into as much detail. Firstly, this is some that I've read. Parachutes by Kelly Yang. 
So this is fantastic. I may have even spoken about this on a podcast. I can't remember. So Kelly Yang, she's an American lady. I can't remember if she is if she was born in America, but she is Asian American, and she is extremely smart. And she went to college young. She was like a teenager going to college. Like I can't remember how old she was because this isn't actually her child prodigy. Yeah. This is, like, just about the author. Yeah. And when she was there, she was sexually assaulted by a trusted male friend, is my understanding. I haven't... I can't... I haven't read it for a while of what Mm. happened to her. And she tried to, obviously, bring awareness to it. Mm. And she was told, you won't get your degree if you pursue this, basically. Mm. So now she's obviously got her degree, blah, blah. And now she writes books. And she wrote this book, Parachutes. And it's about... Two girls at high school. One is a parachute, which is like a a student who's not from America. She's from a wealthy family, mm. and they're called parachutes because their parents just drop them in um bar. Mm. And she lives with a Asian American family okay. in America to go to school. And it's about how they're both going through um some form of as grooming or sexual abuse, okay. and how they deal with it from their different points of view, um, how it affects their lives, mm. etc. It's a really good book, but trigger warnings for yeah. sexual assault and rape and, yeah. <laughs> All of the good stuff, you know? <laughs> um, so basically she took her real-life experiences and funneled them into fiction. She's mm. got another series out. It's a middle-grade series, which I want to pick up. It's about, mm. like, a girl whose family run a hotel and it's about like, the guests she meets or something. Okay. So it looks quite cute. The next one is Pet by Akweke Emezi. This book is just fabulous. It's really, it's quite short actually. And it's really like, it says here, thought provoking and haunting and actually they're perfect descriptions for it. Okay. So it's set in like this world, a future world, like a, not a dystopian utopian i guess oh there's no more monsters in the world that's all you know there's no more monsters in the world and no one talks about monsters anymore they're just completely gone okay one day the main girl lucille no sorry lucille is this is the city she's called jam (laughs) (laughs) they live in lucille jam's mum is an artist and she creates art of monsters like really creepy stuff and she like it's like mixed media art and okay. one day Jam goes in to look at one and she cuts herself on a razor blade that's on the art piece and it brings the monster to life. And the monster's like, I actually hunt monsters. And Jam's like, there's no monsters in Lucille. We're free of monsters. We've yeah. been free of monsters forever. And he's like, if I'm here, there's a monster. Yeah. And it's all a metaphor for sexual abuse of children. So the monster that he's hunting is someone who is sexually abusing children in the city. Oh, okay. So it sounds complicated, but it makes sense within the confines yeah. of the story. And basically, the whole point of the story, or how I read it, was you can't cover up the things in history mm. that you don't want to remember, because then you're doomed to repeat it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the point of the story is. You can't protect the children from, from it if they don't know what to be protected from. Yeah, exactly. If they don't know what they're looking out for, mm. and if no one There's talks a, about it... a couple of really good TikTokers that are sharing, like sort of like advice on like how grooming happens and stuff like that and Mm. some of it i'm just like you know what i wouldn't have even thought yeah it's crazy isn't it scary yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, as a parent, it's very scary. Yeah, I can imagine not to freak you out. <laughs> um, so next one is The Miseducation of Cameron Post by Emily M. Danforth. Danforth? I don't know if you've mm. ever seen the film or read the book. There is no. a film. It's got um, Chloe Martez, Chloe Grace Martez. Is that yeah. her name or something? She's got the confidence, yeah. The film's cute. Um, the book is... It's, it's not a cute film. It's, mm. it's not a cute book. So it's about a young girl who discovers she is gay. Yeah. And it's not long after, or it kind of coincides with when her parents unfortunately pass. And she is sent to live with her aunt. But her aunt is a raging Christian and then mm. sends her to like one of those fix-it schools. <sighs> and it's about her... The conversion school. Yeah. It's about her life there. So I think it's quite interesting. Mm. And then I'll just rattle off a few more because I have spoken about these all previously. Mm. But I just think they're they're all by female authors and they were all like, they're all pioneers in different various areas like genres, etc. So Mexican Gothic by Silvia Marino Garcia. Mm -hmm. It's a Gothic horror. It's kind of like a, a Victorian Gothic horror, but it's set in the 50s in Mexico and it's just fabulous Frankenstein by Mary Shelley who was obviously mm. the birth mother of sci-fi regardless yeah. of what people say yep, um, Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson the birth mother of Victorian gothic horror yeah. I feel <laughs> Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier which I think is just a great it, it reminds me a lot of like the yellow wallpaper mm. by Charlotte Perkins I think her name is that Sandra, they're just like it's hidden i can't look. yeah i just i think capture the what women go through quite well yeah like in this one rebecca our main protagonist doesn't even have a name and rebecca is her husband's ex-wife like she doesn't even have hey. a name she's so like nothing <laughs> and then the color purple by alice walker which mm-hmm. we did speak about a couple of episodes ago yeah i just think it's such a great capture of that time in women's history and again that's about finding your sexuality and yeah well that bit in the there's a bit in the beginning where there's like she she hears girls at at church talking about how they get pregnant and she doesn't understand how it happens but they just know she knows that their monthly bloods have stopped and she's like well mine has stopped ages ago yeah but i don't have a child so Maybe I just can't have children, but she yeah. doesn't really understand. And also, that's like that's actually a probably a health thing that mm. could probably be being been, checked out. Been looked up at, she's yeah. young, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then some fiction ones that I would like to read that I imagine would be quite good for Women's History Month or just any time. Yeah, anything by Jane Austen or Br- the Bronte sisters. I've not read anything by them, but I, such, I need to. <laughs> it's such like I will say this quite a lot because it gets dismissed, but it's feminism for the era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it makes a point within the context of like a lot of the times when it is like frivolous women talking about women's things, but that's because they had nothing else to do. Yeah, they literally just were. Their, their job was to sit around down. and like knit or something. Being an accomplished woman, yeah. like she had to have qualifications in order to be married, but then she couldn't do any of her accomplishments once she was a mother. No. And, and like, they have to, like, know how to play an instrument and all this random stuff. Yeah, yeah like, like, all of what gets featured in Bridgerton, if you want it. Have you watched Bridgerton? Oh, I love Bridgerton. Yeah. I rewatched it recently because mm-hmm. I know the second I rewatched it, it comes out in March. Yeah. Because yeah. I was thinking about how that has a lot of, like... Undertones. Yeah. Because it, it, it makes the women are made to look ridiculous because 
that's what they are infantilized yeah like when eloise is like but what if that isn't the life i want and it's just, oh that gets me every time yeah and when daphne has tells her mum off for not explaining yeah. sex and how babies yeah you happen. didn't prepare me for marital relations yeah. you sent me out into the world ignorant yeah and yes yeah, she, she did, did. <laughs> you know that conversation about you know our dogs know how to have babies no one had to tell them and also it's as natural as the fields in the autumn like what yeah (laughs) that whole bit and that's her entire sex education which is women's experience like even i remember a friend at school telling me that her Mm. mum was seen on tv about teenage girls getting pregnant and they were like oh i hope that doesn't happen to us i hope you don't get pregnant but they didn't know how yeah and that's like the 80s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just ridiculous. And Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. I've not read it, but I want it. I read them years ago. Yeah. Because I used to, my second cousin, I used to be obsessed with the, there was a, a series of films, the old films. Mm. I really love them. And then the new film, love it. I haven't seen it because I want to read it first. Like, but I've got it as the collection of both the books. But the Little, the little Women books? film kind of covers big points from across all the books yeah and yeah i don't think you could watch that it's not it's spoilers throughout yeah like some people just read the first book not realizing that it was actually little little women is actually yeah like a collection really isn't it yeah Yeah. it makes me cry so much i can't watch it (laughs) and beloved by tony morrison we Mm. did mention this briefly Um, we didn't discuss it yeah so this is a innovative portrait of a woman haunted by the past so Seath, I'm guessing that's how you pronounce her name, was born a slave and escaped to Ohio, but 18 years later, she's still not free. She has born the unthinkable and not gone mad, yet she is still held captive by memories of Sweet Home, the beautiful farm where so many hideous things happened. So in order to deal with her past, I think she has to go back to confront it. Uh I think generally a lot of women's horror tends to be, it can either be the grotesque, over-the-top mm. glorification of, like, sexual assault. Or it yeah. can be your brain. The internal. Yeah. Yeah. Because that can be really horrific. And I like books that delve into that side. Well, also, you're taught to internalise it a little exactly. bit. Exactly. So and I that think it's very much a... These women's experiences are very internalised. You just don't talk about them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so normal, which is, yeah. like, the way, a horrible thing. Kindred by Octavia E. Butler. Again, the pioneer of black sci-fi writers and she recently passed i think sadly but this is the one that she's most well known for so i really want to read it i actually have a copy so i do need to just pick it up and read it so my understanding is it's about a black american woman in the time period that this was written 1976 she's just celebrated her 26th birthday and then somehow she goes through like a time loop kind of thing and she ends up in the the past and she saves a drowning white boy but then she finds herself going to be killed for touching a white boy because she goes Mm -hmm. back in time and then she keeps being pulled backwards and forwards is my understanding like between present time for her and where she's like she's a slave in the past yeah Yeah. so i don't know much about it because i deliberately didn't want to look into it too much because i want to enjoy Mm. the story when it happens and the last one is called grown by tiffany d jackson you've probably seen the cover because it's stunning yes Mm. so this is about a r&b artist and she wakes up with blood on her hands and no memory and someone's died i think who's related to them or 
something like that. I, again, I haven't read too much into it because I want to just mm. enjoy the book. But I think it just it just sounds really interesting, like yeah, delving into like the musical world and covering up a murder that you don't remember or something like that. Well, yeah. music is so intrinsic to that experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 definitely. So yeah, that's one that I definitely want to read as well. That's that's my list really that I think that's maybe you should pick up for list. Women's History Month um, and slash all year round. Trying to think if there's any. There is. It's in a short story collection, one of the Penguin short story collections, and it's like room forty two or room thirty nine or something. It's about a woman who like appears to have it all. Mm. Like she's got the husband, she's got the kids, she's got a nanny who takes care of her kids for her. Mm. She doesn't have to work. Like her life is good, but she has a hotel room she keeps secretly that she books and that she disappears to. What is she doing there? Well. That's the story. <laughs> that is the story. And it's, it's somewhat written retrospectively because something happens to her. Mm. And it's to do with that room about her isolation oh, that and stuff. cool. And, yeah, about that, why she goes to that room just to be alone and things like that. It's very intense. Um, but it's a short story. I've just thought of one as well, actually, which I didn't have on my list. And I've mentioned it before. Carmen Maria Machado um, in the dream house it's about her history going through an abusive relationship as a lesbian because obviously when you think of abusive relationships you always assume Mm. it's like heterosexual and the man's carrying it out even though women can also be abusive in heterosexual relationships but generally but it's also slightly fictionalised like she it's based on her real experiences but she presents it as like a story slightly okay so i've it's more dramatized yeah i'm yeah. not sure if it if it's a non-fiction or not really it's mm-hmm. like a, it's like a dramatized memoir maybe okay and also her short story collection which is her body and other parties which i've mentioned yes multiple yeah. times please everyone pick it up cool cool well we will see you next week for a fun episode yeah <laughs> next week is our 30th Yes, and we're going to keep celebrating the 10s from now on because yeah, we They're can. all milestones. Because we're still going. <laughs> yeah, we did it. We did it. Goodbye. So, yeah, come and visit us. Bye.